This is the Smart Communications Smart Communications Smart Communications Podcast. Developing the voices voices, voices. Developing, developing the voices of determined nonprofits. Brought to you by Big Duck. Hey, so I'm joined here today by my fearless creative director, Dan Gunderman. Hey, Don. Hello. Nice to be here. Welcome to the podcast. Dan is a writer par excellence. He's been writing copy for 25 years, and he's been at Big Duck for almost 11, right? Uh, More than 11, yeah. And we're also joined today with a silent member of the Big Duck team who is Dan's dog, Fred Astaire. So if you hear little dog noises in the background, that's what's going on. Yeah, probably most likely licking. So we're going to talk today about jargon. Dan wrote a piece, and we'll link to this in our show notes, called In Praise of Jargon, Three Times You Should Embrace It. And I thought it was a really interesting idea to kind of embrace jargon. We often are trying to encourage our clients to get rid of it. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Yeah, we definitely generally recommend you avoid it at all costs, but there are some times that it's really useful. So first, let's define it. What is jargon? And can you give us some examples? Sure. I think of jargon often as very industry-specific terminology. So, you know, Big Duck is a marketing agency, and we use terms like positioning and personality, and that is jargon. A lot of our clients need some education about what those things mean, and we often use those terms freely, and we sometimes have to pause and explain exactly what we mean by that. We see that in the nonprofit world a lot as well. I mean, certainly health-related nonprofits have a ton of medical jargon that they need to define. We see that in, you know, disease-specific organizations especially, And then other organizations, you know, might just have terminology that's very common or used in specific circumstances that any general member of the public wouldn't understand, or it would take them a second to get it. One of the examples I often use is the jargony term would be workforce development, but the de-jargoned way of saying that might be we help people get jobs, right? What other examples are there? We've also worked with some organizations that do what they call community development, and it ends up being kind of a catch-all term that doesn't say much in and of itself, and we're often encouraging them just to get more specific about what that means. So community development could be anything really from you know medical services that go directly into housing developments to programs that are within certain neighborhoods or even straight-up housing. Community development really has a huge meaning, but it's it's used very commonly. But it's used commonly amongst audiences that don't necessarily understand what you mean by that. I like your definition of its industry-specific language. And I wonder if there is a corollary between how deep or how specific or specialized an industry is and how jargony it gets, you know? Yeah, I think there definitely is. And I think that, you know, when you see, we work with some B2B or business to business, there's some jargon um, organizations where their audiences are going to know the shorthand in which they speak. They can get away with a lot more jargon, I think, than organizations that are trying to reach just your everyday donor who might be interested in your issue. So let's say, for instance, I work at a foundation that supports some area of scientific research, and most of the communications that I do on behalf of my foundation is focused on communicating with people who run nonprofits in this particular scientific area. Is it okay for me to use scientific jargon? They'll probably get it. I think you'd be fine. I mean, when it comes to communicating, it really comes down to who your audience is and, and always being aware of who it is that you're talking to. Almost all nonprofits need to reach donors. I think you can assume that most of your donors, not all of your donors, but most of your donors are probably a little bit less sophisticated about the specific issue that you're dealing in. And so you just want to be especially careful when communicating with donors that you're not using language that either confuses them or puts them off or makes them feel stupid. 
Yeah. So again, if it's language that only you would know or only people who are on the inside would know and your audience is not necessarily on the inside, maybe jargon's not so great. But if your audience are just as insidery as you are, maybe it's okay to embrace it. Yeah, I think that's right. I think some of the organizations that we work with want to reframe the discussion a little bit. And I think that often jargon can be a very useful tool for doing that. It it means you're going to be taking a lot more effort. Um, It's going to take a lot more work for the organization to redefine things. But it can be really useful. We worked with an organization that deals with a lot of really rights around prisons, especially family members of people who are incarcerated or formerly incarcerated. And using terms like formerly incarcerated is the type of phrase that they would embrace as opposed to a prisoner or a former prisoner, or an ex-con. They're really interested in framing the language around prison reform and incarcerated people. They're trying to change the language around that. And so they created a whole lexicon around, you know, we don't use this term, we do use that term. So in that example, jargon is useful because it's carefully providing language that might replace language that would be stigmatizing. That's right. Yeah. Great. Okay. So if somebody's in a nonprofit and they're doing a lot of writing or speaking on behalf of their organization and they're trying to maybe de-jargon their work and make it a bit more accessible, how would you recommend they do that? There are a couple of ways. I sometimes imagine that I am writing for a smart stranger. So that's somebody who doesn't understand at all the field that I'm working in, but they're not an idiot either. <laughs> so I actually find in my own writing that sometimes I'll run things by my wife. She's very smart. She does not work in the same field that I work in. And uh, and I feel like if she can understand it and it, nothing sort of puts her off, then I'm doing a good job. And she does the same for me. She works in a field that I'm not familiar with, and she'll sometimes run things by me. And it's also a field that is lousy with jargon. And so she sometimes will run things by me. And it's the same question. If I can understand what she's saying and there's nothing in there that really puts me off based on the jargon she's using, then she's in good shape. Awesome. All right, Dan. Well, thanks for joining us to both Dan and Fred Astaire. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Bye. This is the Smart Communications Podcast, developing the voices of determined nonprofits. Brought to you by Big Duck. Big Duck is an agency that puts smart communications in the hands of nonprofits We help our nonprofit clients develop strong brands, strong campaigns, and strong teams that advance their missions and achieve their goals. Connect with us at BigDuckNYC.com.